This is the last call podcast with Chris Michaels, and as I promised, I'm going to get through the gateway process. I don't care how much longer it takes. I'm not going to bring up any other cutting-edge commentary about any other new news story. We're going to get through this. There's another nine pages or, or so. Uh, and uh, I pro- I'm just going to do it. So yesterday was all about accessing the infinite, uh, the sense of and source of energy that we may or may not be consciously interacting with. Subconsciously, we're, acting, we're reacting to it and acting within it uh, through the right brain, which is the more intuitive side of the brain, uh, which we found out projects the reality uh, before us, and the left side of the brain interprets that reality into yes, no, up, down, left, right, no, go, and go responses. So they, it interprets a 3D reality into a 2D response, a by, uh, not, not a by response, but a, um, a binary response. So that's basically where we're at, and there's more fun stuff uh, in part one, too. Uh, no, not part one and two. Well, there's fun stuff in part one and two, but part one also. Uh, so, okay, we're going to pick up special status out-of-body experiences. Although human consciousness can, within enough practice, move beyond the dimension of time-space and interface with other energy systems, the entire process is appreciably enhanced if that consciousness can be detached from the physical... Aha! So we're talking about transcendental meditation and also um, projecting. Once an individual becomes proficient in the art of body or out-of-body movement and then reaches the point where he is able to break out of the time-space whilst out of his body, he gains the advantage of clicking out part of his enhanced consciousness while starting from a base located much closer to the dimension. So basically... You're clicking in and out of reality. And that means that you can do wonderful things like you can normally do in dreams, like flying, uh, walking through walls, all of that kind of thing. Uh, Next, absolute in perspective. And they say it may be helpful at this point to pause and recap the major aspects of our intellectual journey from time-space to the realm of the absolute. We have noted that our minds constitute energy fields which interact with various aspects of the hologram to interpret information, which is ultimately processed through the left hemisphere to reduce it to a form that we employ from the process we call thinking. So that's the left, right, up, down, yes, no, no go, and go kind of uh, interpretations, perspectives, and reactions. It is this title that we assign to the vast pool of energy in a state of perfect rest over the physical universe is layered. Uh, Incidentally, uh, we use the absolute in describing the storm-tossed waves above to represent the physical universe with which we are familiar. Okay, so basically, um, there's consciousness, and then there are waves of infinite that are kind of flowing over the hologram, flowing over the consciousness. Big concept here. Uh, from Big Bang to Taurus, worked from the widely accepted Bing, Bing, Big Bang Theory. I can't speak tonight. Holy cow. Big Bang Theory. Bentoff presents a conceptual model to depict the process of time-space 
the relation, uh, the re relative position of the universal hologram. That hologram is often called a torus because it is thought to have an overall shape of an immense self-contained spiral. Okay, so a torus field is something that Michael Tellinger brought up a long time ago. So go to YouTube, look up Michael Tellinger. He can tell you all kinds of stories about a torus field. And basically what a torus field is, is a giant donut. So if you can imagine uh, a, uh, like a corkscrew of energy going up like a spiral, okay? Like a, like a, uh, like a paper towel tube or a TP tube. It goes up and then it, once it reaches the top, it overflows and then circles back in on itself. But there's this constant motion of flowing upwards and going from the bottom left to the top right in most torus fields. So you can imagine what that kind of looks like. I don't know if any of you have done uh, the old uh, metal shavings and then throwing a magnet onto the metal shavings. You got this big arc, this electromagnetic field or this, electro or this magnetic field that goes from the North Pole and the South Pole of the magnet creates kind of a circular, circular kind of uh, the, the shape to it. Now just imagine that shape in three dimensions and you've got kind of a donut kind of uh, uh, interpretation of it. So they're saying that the Big Bang Theory, so that's where there's, there's nothing and then all of a sudden there's this explosion of awareness and consciousness and energy and stars and dust and black holes and brown holes and, uh, <laughs> and all of that kind of thing. Really, it's a torus. So the torus, like I said before, is this, is this circular donut-style energy that's constantly in this circular motion that overflows at the top, circles back down around to the bottom, and then flows back up to the top. So almost like a fountain, right? So what they're saying is, is that the, the universe is probably not a big bang, but it's more of a torus. And that means that there are multiple eras or epochs or epochs of awareness and big bangs. So the last big bang wasn't the first big bang. It really was just a series, one of a series of big bangs of awareness that creates and destroys our, uh, basically our reality tunnels. So that's what they're getting at here. It, it's huge. Uh, and also they go further and saying that matter in our universe entering the ovoid pattern following ejection from the nucleus. Basically, it reaches the top and it shoots out, right? Uh, so that's what they're talking about here, that torus field, if you can picture that donut energy. In our universe entering the ovoid pattern following ejection or ejaculation from the nucleus composed of extremely compressed energy through a white hole. At the end of its trip to the far end of the ovoid, he sees it departing via a black hole. So you've got a white hole, which is the start of awareness, and a black hole, which is the ending of awareness, the bottom of that torrid field, and the white hole is at the top. It's a burst of energy. Um, so that's what they're really talking about here. This is enormous because that means that these people that wrote this paper back in 1983 are fully aware that what we are experiencing is temporary and it is malleable and we are able to exit it and we're able to get out of it and death doesn't matter. That's what they're really, really trying to observe here. Our place in time, the observed distribution of galaxies, suggests that our particular universe is located near the top of the egg, the top of the torus field, 
at the point where matter begins to fall back on itself. So that's it. We've reached the apex, thus explaining the reason why the galaxies to the north are seen. So they're looking at a galactic map here. Uh, are seen to be moving away more rapidly as they are caught up in the downturn of the stream of matter towards the far end, the bottom end, the black hole end of the cosmic egg. Okay, so what they're saying now is we're in the decline. We've reached the apex of awareness. We can't get any higher. We can't get any more aware in this reality tunnel. So it is now collapsing on itself. It's now going towards the bottom to be recycled through the black holes. Quality of consciousness. We noted earlier that the out-of-body experience involves projection and uh, of a major portion of the energy pattern that represents human consciousness so that it may move either freely throughout the terrestrial sphere for purposes of information acquisition or into other dimensions outside of time-space consciousness is the organizing and sustaining principle that provides the impetus and guidance to bring and keep energy in motion. Okay, so it's not the brain. It's the consciousness. Consciousness itself, the energy that makes you aware, right? You're not into... You, you interact with the three dimensions through your left and right hemispheres of the brain, but the awareness that allows you to create the brain itself is consciousness. And consciousness allows you to create what you're interacting with. You're talking about extremely in-depth occult uh, writing and also occult uh, concepts here that, you know, all these secret organizations out there, all of the mystery schools, they all know this kind of thing. But here it is in 1983 where the military is actually saying it all. And then they have another section, consciousness in perspective. So now that we know that we can separate the physical reality from consciousness, so what happens then? Since memory is a function of consciousness and therefore enjoys the same eternal character as the consciousness which accounts for its existence, it must be admitted that when consciousness returns to the absolute, it brings with it all the memories it has accumulated through the current experience, through the current reality tunnel, through your current life. The return of consciousness to the absolute does not imply an extinction of the separate entity which the consciousness organized and sustained in reality. So when you die, you don't end. You don't die. You just change form. You change awareness. You change energy field. You change frequency. The body is irrelevant in this case because the consciousness created the body to begin with. So it's the consciousness's choice to either maintain the body hologram, maintain the play, maintain the show, or just leave, pack up and go. Rather, it suggests a differentiated consciousness which emerges with and participates in the universal consciousness. So what they're saying here is you can go back to the eternal and you can gather information from the eternal and recreate the hologram that your brain is interacting with. That's what they're saying. They're altering reality through this. And then they bring it back to the gateway method. Having the gateway experience in context by postulating a structural outline and having shown how it's designed to, what it's designed to achieve, the time has come to examine specific techniques 
which comprise of the gateway training process. So if you're into meditation, take some notes uh, because you can learn some things through this. So the first step is hemisync introduced. So the hemisync is when you're interacting with both hemispheres at the same time to really create a new form of frequency. Normally they're separated. They interact together. Um, they coordinate together, but they're not actually together. After that, he is exposed for the first time to hemisync sound frequencies. We brought that up in the first podcast, uh, part one, and that is when you hear certain tones and certain frequencies to allow both sides of your brain to start coordinating and acting with one another and actually uh, becoming one in awareness. And it is encouraged to focus on and develop a perception of and appreciation for those feelings which follow. Next comes the technique of progressive and systemic physical relaxation. Uh, And uh, this includes additional forms of pink and white noise designed to put the physical body at the virtual threshold of sleep. So there are different color noises. There's brown noise, black noise, white, pink, blue, green, orange, red noises. It's all different frequencies. Uh, We all hear these kinds of noises in nature Um, So like um, a brook or a stream running water, that's one type of noise. Uh, Mist or rain, that's another type of noise. Uh, A lot of people need to focus on white noise. So that's that's the static that they hear all the time. I don't know how people fall asleep to static every night, but they do. That's what they're talking about, and that's what they mean here. So if you're focusing and trying to start to astral project, you might want to listen to these types of noises. And they're designed to get you out of your body. Once all this is achieved, the participant is invited to envisage creation of an energy balloon comprised of energy flow, beginning at the center of the top of the head and going all the way down to the feet. So you're going to put yourself in an egg. The balloon, which sets up a pattern very reminiscent of a cosmic egg, not only enhances bodily energy flow, so it's once again, it's that Taurus field donut energy pattern, right? You have this balloon around you, you have this egg around you, which allows the energy to corkscrew from bottom left to top right all around you and recycle itself on the outside. Um, so this energy flow and encourages early achievement of resonant states, but it is also designed to provide protection. Very, very important point. Because when you are having an out-of-body experience, an astral projection experience, you could run across beings and awarenesses that are of a higher energy. And it also allows your body to essentially be possessed uh, with various other energies. Now, when we say energies, we also mean beings that vibrate at a higher frequency that we don't necessarily see or are able to consciously interact with in the 3D reality tunnel. Um, So it's very, very important to put a protection field, like a blue egg, around yourself, and also another blue egg around your consciousness. Uh, So a lot of things can help you along with that. Um, you You can use different iconography. You can use like a cross. Some people use a rosary. Uh, Some people use crystals. As long as you're able to focus on the item, if you're, you know, if you're not as experienced as others, to allow your energy to focus on the item to say, okay, if as long as I'm touching this item, as long as I'm focused on this item, I've got protection, nothing can happen. That is good enough. 
that allows you and your body and your consciousness to say, I am protected and nothing is going to be able to get into my body or manipulate my consciousness uh, whilst I'm astral projection, uh, experiencing astral projection. So it's, it's very, very important to do those things. Very, very uh, typical, well-known uh, technique in the energy field world, in the Reiki field. Uh, if you're doing anything like that meditation, it's very, very well-known. You always ask for some kind of protection, usually from a, a higher being. So then you've got advanced techniques. And they talk about something called Focus 10. And Focus 10 is when you are at a certain level of consciousness whilst kind of getting into a deep sleep or being prepared to astrally project. It's basically the best opportunity to move your consciousness outside of the physical awareness. And Focus 10, the participant is now ready to endeavor to achieve a state of expanded awareness to begin actually interacting with dimensions beyond those of his physical experience. This state, once you get there, is called Focus 12 and involves conscious efforts whilst additional forms of pink and white noise enter the sound streams. They're talking about hypnosis here. So as they're putting you under, they are then pumping in different frequencies of noise, colored noise, into your ears which will allow you to maintain the frequency that's required to start to astral project. Uh, once the participant has achieved this state of greatly expanded awareness, he may now go through some other uh, experiences and manipulate his newly found expanded awareness to obtain practical, useful feedback. So what they're saying is, we've got some questions here. We need to put this person under. We need to get this person... Uh, to a point where they're able to access the infinite because we've got questions that we don't know the answers to. Now you understand where all of this technology suddenly springs up out of nowhere. If you think high-powered businesses, high-powered individuals, banks, uh, military technology companies, all if you think that they just create this stuff out of nowhere, you've got another thing coming because I can promise you that they do things like this. Big businesses, including Tesla, they contact psychics, they contact uh, mediums and channelers all the time to try to gain a market advantage over other people that do not have access to those same individuals or channelers. So this is very, very common behind closed doors. It's not public because if they did, then they're going to start to answer to a lot of people a lot of the public are going to be really upset uh, for essentially being hoodwinked all this time. Uh, problem solving. Once you're in this state, this technique involves identifying problems which the individual wishes to solve. And in this way, the individual enlists assistance of what they call their higher self. In other words, his expanded consciousness to interact with the universal hologram to obtain information required to solve the problem. So what they're saying is we need to access that greater awareness to answer the question and then we need to bring that information back down to the body. We don't want to forget the information like we normally do in a dream state. This is a different conscious state that we need to maintain. Patterning. I think I brought this up last year. This is a technique that involves the consciousness to achieve desired results in the physical, emotional, and intellectual spheres. 
it involves concentration on an object whilst in the focus 12 state. So while you're under and they're pumping different frequencies into your head. Extension of the individual's perception of that object into the whole expanded consciousness and its projection into the universe with the intention of the d d blah, blah, blah. Okay, so they want you to focus on something, right? In other words, the technique of patterning recognizes the fact that since consciousness is the source of all reality, our thoughts have the power to influence the development of reality in time-space as it applies to us. The more complicated the objective sought and the more radically it departs from our current reality, the more time it's going to take the hologram to reorient itself and create the new uh, time-space reality tunnel. So, the more complex desire you have, the longer it's going to take to manifest. That's what it ultimately means. So, how do you overcome that? You have to continuously focus on it. You have to continuously tell yourself, your right hemisphere, your emotions, that this thing, whatever it is that I want, is happening now. You don't want to say, well, it's going to happen, because guess what? You'll always be chasing windmills. You'll always have your desires just be on the horizon. It's just there, and oh, goodness, it's, it's still not. It's just beyond our fingers. You have to believe that your objective and your desires are occurring now in the immediate time-space reality tunnel. That's the only way that this starts to really become useful. In terms of practical application, it is a healing technique which is designed to restore the body when you uh, start doing things like color breathing. So you imagine that you breathe in a certain color. Each color resonates, and your brain knows this, resonates with a certain frequency. So if you're into Reiki, you've got your different chakra, you've got seven chakras, you've got seven colors. Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. That's basically the colors of your chakra. And what does that mean? When you imagine yourself in a meditative state and you're doing breath work, you can breathe in light. You can imagine yourself breathing in light. You can breathe in pink light, red light, orange light, uh, red light, whatever it is, right? And so what does that mean? It means that your brain starts to mimic the frequency of the color that you're breathing in to amplify the desires that you want to see manifested. Now, what does that mean? It means that each color and each chakra is associated with a different aspect of your reality tunnel. Um, so uh, like, like the, the red, right, is your root chakra. That's how you interact on the physical plane. So it's a very, very base color. Um, it's, it's also helped with uh, grounding and all of that stuff. So if you're breathing in red, it means you want to start to interact uh, in a more efficient, more sometimes more brutal way on the physical plane. Energy bar tool. Energy bar tool is basically a wand, a magic wand. Uh, if you focus on something, if you focus on some kind of iconography, if you, if you have a stick, your favorite stick, your dog's favorite stick, if you focus your energy on this tool, then that means that the tool does start to interact with your reality tunnel in the way that you have intentions for it. So, for instance, if you start to focus a small dot on the tool that you're 
using, and then that dot starts to pulsate with the frequency and the color and the energy that you're trying to uh, basically transfer and charge the item with, and then expand that light. Now you're using your imagination. And I always say this, when you think you're using your imagination, you're not, you're really doing energy work. So if you're imagining this color and this energy overcoming the, the item, that item, whenever you use it, will suddenly start to manifest and alter your reality when you hold it, when you interact with it, when you meditate with it, when you uh, do anything with it. So it's very, very important. It's very, very useful if you're going to start doing things like that. Then they've got remote viewing, uh, and you can uh, they, they go through all different types of meditative techniques uh, that you can use. It's a very useful item, very useful document. Uh, living body map. You can map out your body. You can start to see the energy fields and the way the magnet, uh, magnetic fields flow around you. Uh, so it's almost, think of, um, think of acupuncture. Acupuncture says, okay, we've got blockages in these energy fields, these energy pathways. So what we're going to do is we're going to poke it to remove the blockages. And then all of a sudden you feel better. Same concept here. They're validating it. Travel into the past, which is what I talk about. Also traveling into the future, which is the next section. Um, all, all the preceding techniques are conducted at the level of awareness known as Focus 12. And then there is something that allows you to time travel back into the past. Some of this sounds uh, is probably merely an intensification of hemisync being uh, designed to further modify brainwave frequency and amplitude. Even the instructions are highly symbolic with how you time travel, with time being visualized as a huge wheel in the universe with various spokes each of which gives access to different parts of the past. Focus 15, so we're now beyond focus 12, that meditative state. Now we're beyond that, we're going to focus 15, is very advanced. Probably less than 5% of our participants are able to achieve this level. And so what does that mean? That means that, like I said before, if you're able to manipulate the past, you can change the present. So if you have a very, very... Uh, traumatic experience, you can go back into your meditative state. You can go back into essentially what they call focus 15. Remember that incident from a removed uh, perspective. You don't want to experience the trauma again. You want to be on the outside of it without the emotional charge that went into the trauma. And so what you're able to do is you're able to then manipulate that trauma, that memory into something completely different. And once you do you suddenly alter your current experience. You alter your current awareness and you start to heal yourself. And the same thing goes to the future. You can do the same thing and they validate it. It's called Focus 21 and that's the future. And this is the most advanced state that they say. And the individual who has received or achieved this state is at a truly advanced level. Except in unusual circumstances, it is probably not attainable except by those who have conditioned themselves through meditation over a period of years, not only months. Uh, outer body movement, they go into this. If you change your brainwave pattern, all of a sudden you understand that consciousness is, uh, can be removed from the physical. However, you can also maintain the vibration of the current 3D reality tunnel so it allows you to leave the room and walk through walls and walk through doors and you can also do things like look at your body on the on the bed um so they're all validating this role of rem sleep and the rem sleep is important here 
rapid eye movement state of sleep. Um, so this, they say this may well be a function of the fact that most, if not all people, reputedly go into an out-of-body experience during REM sleep. So we all go somewhere else when we fall asleep. REM sleep is the deepest level, and it involves complete disengagement from the body's motor cortex. The effect of this is to put the body in a state of complete stillness so far as the skeletal muscular structure is concerned. But they still want you aware, and that's where all of the frequency and the hemi-sync tapes come into play, and that's where they keep pumping things into you as you're sleeping through your headphones. If you wear headphones, you can do things like this. But what they're really trying to do is they're trying to make you be aware of when you start to fall into an REM state. Because once you're aware of that, you can then say, okay, my body is asleep, but I'm not asleep. If you've ever taken any psychedelics, you can achieve that state. Achievement uh, in uh, any event, the three apparent conditions required for voluntary out-of-body situations is number one, achieve a state of profound quiet such that the bifurcation echo fades and resonance... Uh, okay, so the, be quiet. Listen to your breathing. Two, synchronization of the two brain hemisphere wave patterns. That's where the, those tapes come into play. Three, subsequent stimulation of the right hemisphere of the mind to attain a state of heightened alertness. So they want the right side of the brain to be the dominant side because they want you to be able to access things that you would normally say... I can't do this. I, I This is crazy. I can't fly. But in all for all intents and purposes, you can. Um, and then they go into uh, information collection potential. Uh, and they, you know, it's, it's once again, if you're able to have that, that awareness and be conscious of your own awareness in an out-of-body state, then you can start to consciously bring back information from the other side so you can manipulate reality itself that's what's important here and the same thing goes in reverse so if you've got other people that are able to do this and are able to manipulate your reality through the left side of your brain so the logical side of your brain it will impact the right side of the brain because the right side of the brain does not question the left whatever the left tells the right the right believes so that in turn, knowing that the right side of the brain is intuitive and interacts with the hologram of the reality tunnel, the left side of the brain could in fact manipulate reality itself. So it's extremely important to understand who you talk to, how they're talking to you, and what information they're trying to get your left side of the brain to logically adhere to, because that will in ultimately impact the intuitive side of your brain that's why that's why we're in the situation that we're in globally because they are always saying trust the science and that's pretty much it for this paper uh and i'm, I'm gonna be done with it and they go into some other conclusions about how they can use it for reconnaissance and also like i've been saying manipulating reality tunnels so but the point is here is that that's how they're able to manipulate you because trust the science, six foot apart. You need to get a vaccine because of other people. It's just one death and that one death is one too many. Logically, that kind of makes sense 
and it pulls at your heart's strings and also your emotions. So, of course, oh, one life really is too many. Oh, my goodness. I mean, but the thing is, once you start to think about all this, it doesn't make sense. If one life is too many, then nobody should be taking showers because of slip and fall. Nobody should be driving a car because of car accidents. Nobody should be smoking cigarettes. Nobody should be drinking alcohol. Certainly, nobody should be uh, eating fatty foods because one life is too many. Uh, so you, the list then goes on and on and becomes ridiculous, right? So that's how they're able to manipulate it. But what we have to start doing is using our intuitive awareness if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. To quote Judge Judy, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. It's a lie. And basically, you have to start trusting your instincts. When people say, oh, you have to trust your gut. Why would you want to trust your gut? Your gut is full of decomposing food, acid, bile, all sorts of not gas, burps, farts, all that stuff. Why would you want to trust an organ that does all of that? Why wouldn't you want to trust your heart, which has a greater electromagnetic field than your brain, and in fact, is what maintains the 3D reality tunnel. That's what's really going on here. The brain interprets it. The heart is the energy, the fuel that maintains it with its pulse. That's what's really important here. So you want to start trusting that kind of thing. You don't want to trust your gut. You want to trust that kind of organ. You want to trust your heart, which is the most important thing because that organ will allow you to discern information from a higher level of awareness. Don't believe the logical arguments. Start believing your feelings. Start feeling your way through situations, right? Oh, all of a sudden we got to lock down 7.5 billion people. What? That doesn't make any sense at all. Why? Oh, they may be asymptomatic. So you're telling me somebody that's not sick uh, is now going to be contagious and making other people sick and killing 600,000 people or whatever it is now. No, that doesn't make sense at all. There is not one. I mean, stop it. It's ridiculous to think that way. But they will logic you into thinking that way which ultimately becomes your reality. And that's where we get the fear-based paradigm that a lot of people are experiencing. Not us here on the uh, Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, because we do listen to our hearts and we do understand uh, what's going on here. We're, we're brilliant people. We're lovable fuzzballs and we just want the best for everybody. And I'm going to leave you with one final point. Now that you know that the heart is the pulse, the energy, the fuel that creates the 3D reality tunnel. Now you know a very, very dark, esoteric, occult, mystery school type of uh, response to this COVID thing. Now you know why these gene therapy platforms go after the heart. Because these gene therapy platforms, you know, myocarditis, strokes, heart attacks, everything else, because those platforms do not belong in this reality tunnel. Those individuals can't handle it because it doesn't make sense deep down to those individuals. All those people that died of strokes and heart attacks and have heart inflammation or heart enlargement, whatever it is, they know on a subconscious level that this doesn't make sense, this doesn't work. And the powers that be 
powers that be, tried to manipulate the frequency of the heart to literally hijack 7.5 billion people's reality, three-dimensional reality tunnels. Because if the heart is the energy, the fuel, the pulse that allows the reality tunnel to be maintained, then what they're doing is they're trying to alter that pulse to recreate reality, to get a great reset, and they want that reset in reality something that matches their intentions, they being whoever it is, World Economic Forum, uh, name any other esoteric group and, and megalomaniac like little Yuval and Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. They want the heart frequency to recalibrate to their version of reality. That's where the great reset comes in. They want to reset the frequency of the heart. And we're not going to let them do that. Because now that we have this information from the Department of the Army on the analysis and assessment of the gateway process, then we know that we have access to any bit of information once we're able to reach that meditative state and gain access to the infinite and bring that information back down and ultimately allow us to get out of this bizarre timeline that we're in with COVID and nuclear war and everything else. So that's going to be it for me. I made it through part three, uh, 37 minutes, a lot longer than what I wanted to do. And I didn't even get through... Uh, a fair a fair amount of it, but I did it anyway. Okay, so that's it for me. One more podcast for this glorious week. Uh, and then it is off to take a powder. Or do I have... No, two more podcasts this week. And then it's off to the weekend for old Chris Michaels. It's going to be a glorious weekend at that. So, as always, like me, share me, Last Call Caravan on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm also now on Truth Social. I'm not very active over there, but I'm going to be more active. I got onto Truth Social. So Last Call Caravan on all three of those platforms. As always, like, share, and uh, just listen. Listen to the gloriousness of broadcasting excellence. That is Chris Michaels. And I thank you for the attention and energy that you give to me and in my direction.